first Monday of the month, I usually bring you a talking head podcast where it's me talking about my feelings about the gun industry. But this one's a little different. And it's a long one. And bear with it. I think you're going to find this very interesting. This is an interview with Andy Wood, and he's an Australian. Now, we hear our politicians talk all about how Australia has gun control down, and this is the model that we should be doing here in the United States. So let's hear from an Australian about what that gun control really is about. And even though we kind of go into a weird direction and we talk about some other things in Australia, I think it's important, and I let Andy talk, because this really shows you that problems that we have in the United States are not just ours. They exist elsewhere as well. You'll hear a lot of similarity about things that are happening in Australia to things that are happening in the United States. Now, before we begin, let's pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by MyMedic. Make sure you are prepared for your or your family's needs medically. Go buy a med kit from MyMedic. Use the code TRB20 to save yourself 20% on that kit. And remember, if you don't have the money now, you can finance it through MyMedic.com. Or if you have a little bit of money left over in your health savings plans, you can use that too. And with the bills paid, let's talk to Andy. Andy, tell me about your love of guns. So Andy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, you're, you live in Australia. Uh, you know, obviously the gun culture is a little different. So talk to us a little bit about who Andy Wood is and how did you get started in the shooting? Okay, well, um, I'm um, I'm a school teacher. I I live in a country town uh, about two hours, more or less, southwest of Sydney. Um, for for those people that know Australia, I'm I'm only about an hour away from Canberra. Um, and I grew up in Sydney, and I didn't have any experience of um, firearms at all until my wife and I moved out of Sydney in uh at the end of 2001 beginning of 2002 um her parents neighbor was a very keen pistol shooter um and collector uh, he collect web collected webley pistols which uh, uh he had an amazing collection and um he took me out a few times um to do some trap um i had a trap day and i did some small ball pistol uh, small ball rifle shooting and and it, it sort of uh turned me on and he said look um, you're moving to the country, you should get your, get your firearms license and, and get into hunting and stuff. And I went, you know, I suppose. So I did. Um, and people were very friendly. And the first uh, place we moved to was a place called Orange. And um, I joined, joined an organisation called the um, Sporting Shooters Association of Australia, which um, I'm still very heavily involved with. And they, uh, they you know, uh, encouraged me in that sort of thing, encouraged me to get into reloading because of the, particularly the cartridge I was using at the time was a Wildcat cartridge, although it's um, it's, it's what would be called a Wildcat cartridge now, but in the past it was um, it was quite a popular cartridge in Australia. So it meant reloading. Um, 
so I was encouraged to do that and shown how to do it. And then um, we moved to where we are now and um, we've been living there since, uh, I suppose, 2003. Um, and I've become a member of the, and I'm the club captain and a committee member of our SSAA branch down here. Um, I've got eight kids. So there you go. My my wife, um, all from all from the same wife. We've been married for what is it now? Since ninety eight, oh, 20, uh, 23 years. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, my wife's very patient, um, and um, and so um, you know, in that time, um, I've I've done mostly range shooting, hunting when I'm able to get out. Um, and uh, some what we call service rifle here, which is you know military rifles pre um, nineteen fifty, so old bolt actions. Um, yeah, and just 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 mainly um, you know plinking and that sort of thing at the range. Um, as well as that, I've um, been involved with uh, a political party called the Shooters, Fishers, and Farmers Party, and um, that's a a party that. Uh, specifically, um, their goal is to represent um, people that live in in rural New South Wales, rural Australia, but um, but primarily rural New South Wales. That's where the party started. Um, it has spread um, to other states, Victoria and to Western Australia. I should I'm in New South Wales. I, should, I don't know if I said that before. Um, and um, and to at least hold on to the I'd like to say rights, but our government doesn't see it like that. So hold on to the to the government, hold on to the to our our current gun rights that we have right at the moment, as much as we possibly can. Because um, uh, as far as hunting and shooting goes, it, uh, at least in our state and in most parts in Australia, it's the death of a thousand cuts. They would happily take guns off us full stop. Um, and uh, many of them see absolutely no merit in having firearms. Um, and um, uh, they also have this foolish view that by taking firearms from the law-abiding populace that, um, that uh, once those firearms are gone, um, that no one will be selling firearms, which is, of course, completely stupid. Um, as anybody with any logic whatsoever would know that if you uh, if you take away a legal means for people to purchase and to uh, possess firearms, then um, people who don't care about the law will begin to service those who have the desire to to own guns, and uh, then the government doesn't have any control over what's happening with guns in the country, and the sort of people that you don't want to have control over the um, uh, means of supply are exactly the sort of people that uh, that are supplying people with guns. So, yeah, that's and, and we kind of have that same argument here in the states. Is you know you have the the people who want to take guns away. Um, they're like you know if there's no guns, then there's no you know gun violence or you know, you know people shooting each other. And it's like maybe you'll understand that there's always a way. You know, criminals don't follow the law. 
No. So they're very nice for the criminal. Yeah, exactly. So if you if you're a criminal, you're going to find a way to get a gun. You're going to do whatever you want, um, and you're. It's not going to change. It, it, it's not going to change things. I mean, I saw, um, you know, I mean, the other day, you were people are talking about, um, and I don't want to get into the subject, and it's it's a subject beyond this, but people are talking about, you know, um, if we make, you know, if we make abortions illegal then people are just going to have illegal abortions. Well, you make guns illegal, you're just going to have illegal guns. I mean, it's the same argument at that point. You know, whatever you decide to, you know, make illegal, there's always going to be a black market for it. Yep. It's never going to stop. Yep. I'm I'm not exactly a moderate um, when it it comes to um, gun rights, but I'm certainly not... um, I'm cognizant of the fact that the, you know, give us back our semi-automatics, you know, everything's unfair, is not an approach that's going to do us any good these days. Like, um, we, uh, our our politicians, I mean, the honest truth is, as far as firearms laws go, if if they give you a, you know, if they put you through some sort of checking process and you come out as safe and you have... You know, gun safes at home, gun lockers at home, where everything has to be stored when you're not using them. Um, and, and I have to say that I think um, safe storage has been possibly the only success, or maybe probably police checks have made a difference. But I think safe storage has made a huge difference when, and that was one of the things they brought in. Um, I think that has made a big difference. But apart from that, if you if you jump over all the other hoops then there's there's no reason for people not to have semi-automatic firearms. Um, well, I mean, you know, for us, for for us here, we you know we talk about um, the AR-15 is a big uh, a big rifle here. You know, we use it for competition. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, we ca- it, it's it's called the evil black rifle because it looks <laughs> scary. Right? Isn't it the assault rifle fourteen? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. That's the AR fifteen assault rifle. Yeah, you know. the uh, AR fourteen. If you're if you're Joe Biden, um, oh, and, and if I was Joe Biden and I forgot your name, I would just simply say that fellow from Down Under. Um, that nice, uh, that nice I, um, comment he said to you about your prime minister. <laughs> and he I, look, I, I feel so sorry for you guys. He like honestly, there's he's he's clearly senile. I really. Yeah. Uh, he said some crazy things over his political career, but like, he's just not. He's booked out. Like, my goodness. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's kind of the the joke here is it's um you know who's who's the puppet master of Joe Biden? Oh, oh well. You know, it's it's like he can't. He, there's just no way he has all his faculties there. No, 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 um, no. Uh, well, it's not Harris. I mean, Harris is just. I mean, she yeah. laughs every time she gets nervous. So yes, she does. She, well, she doesn't laugh laugh as much as she she cackles. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 scary. Like, yeah. So a- anyway, I like Australians are, are super happy to um, to give their opinion when it when it comes to um, uh, fixing American um, gun violence. <laughs> and I say. 
do you do you understand do you understand that most of you know many of american states have quite robust gun laws do you understand that like you can't just introduce more gun laws and expect it to have any effect over there if you've been convicted of something then you can't legally own a gun oh yeah but there's all these you know and there's all this but, but i said but that's not the point the point is if they're not if, if you already have laws and those laws are ineffective, then by piling more laws on top of it isn't going to change anything. So, no. the, I mean, you know, the, other, my, the other thing you have is that people aren't are educated and they won't educate themselves. Um, we have what's called, the politicians here like to call the gun, the, um, um, the gun show loop, uh, the gun show loophole. So, <laughs> What the gun show loophole is, is that you can go to a gun show, buy a gun, walk out without your background checks and, and paperwork. So they make it sound like it's like this, you know, gun bazaar in the middle of, you know, Iraq or Afghanistan where people are just buying guns left and right. Yeah. And people like, oh, well, we, yeah, we got to stop that. But the, the problem with that is, is that if you buy a gun from a gun dealer, you are going to get, you're going to fill out a, a 4473, which is the, the form you fill out when you buy a gun. You're going to do your background checks and all that stuff. Here in the States, we have private sales where if, you know, if I want to sell a firearm to my next door neighbor, now it's not all states, um, most states have this. Some states, it's, it's illegal. I, I can do a private sales term. I can do a private sale to him, or I can do a private sale at a gun show. It doesn't matter. Or I can, I, I can meet you in the back of a you know, Walmart parking lot and sell it to you. But they're making this whole thing of gun shows are bad because you can go buy a gun. Um, you know, they're they're going after the websites now. You know, um, we have these internet. You know, you can buy a gun on the internet and it just ships to you. No, it doesn't. It goes to a gun dealer where you fill out the fire, you know, fill out the forty four seven three, you do your background checks, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> people just, you know, they just they just start the the politicians who want gun control just start making things up. Um, and the, you know, it, it's funny. It's, let's just for argument's sake, if they get everything they ever wanted on gun control, what are they going to do when it doesn't solve the problem? Which of course, because can. yeah, I mean, it's if 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 criminals want guns, they're going to get guns. Yeah, and that's my observation about the USA. That the problem with the USA isn't that there's insufficient gun laws. It the problem is that that the USA is well, for want of a better expression, lousy with guns. Um, that it's too easy for criminals to um, to obtain guns. And also that um, I, I saw a study a while ago and they spoke to all of these um, people who were in jail and they asked them about, you know, having a gun on them. And they said, you're aware that when you go out after you leave, that, um, that it's gonna, that's illegal for you guys to have firearms. You know, you, you can't, if you have a gun and, and you're found by a police officer, then you'll go straight back into the clink. And the response was, yeah, but I need something to protect myself. 
every time. So yeah. um, I can, you know, I can understand sort of that they need to protect themselves because of the, the lives that they're mixed up in. But, you know, here, um, mostly the people that need to protect themselves with guns are the people that have already got themselves mixed up with all of the wrong crowd. I mean, there are shooting deaths here in Australia, but the shooting deaths are in um, suburbs where, you know, the gangs are, um, are operating. And if someone gets shot at their front door or in their driveway, it's because they've been mixing with the, with the wrong crowd, usually for quite a while. Um, we had sort of a, a, a turf war, was it a turf war or whatever, going on at one stage a few years back, and um, people were just getting shot all the time. And um, But they were all, for want of a better expression, they were all bad people. Like, yeah. it is very, very, very unusual for um, someone who isn't, um, for for someone who isn't already sort of mixed up with the wrong people, to to get um you know to get shot here, and we don't we don't even see much you know in the way of mental health issues. I mean, um, yeah, we we don't see that. So you know, as as we see the government try and you know claw more and more stuff away from us. It's, it's not evidence-based. Um, and one of the things I, and I was going to talk about today is that we have um, these issues, you know, continually hitting us. And in the midst of COVID, oh, I'll, I'll give you some sort of um, idea as to the situation that I actually have here in New South Wales. Um, at the moment, we have um, uh, our, our Premier and in... in, in in our state government, and the premier is the the leader of the state government, and um, there that would be our gov- that would be our governor here in the states, mm, mm. and um, they're basically um, the they're a member of the lower house. Oh, we have two two houses of parliament, and in in the state, and um, and the the so they have to be a leader of that, and. Um, um, uh, so the you know the the party or the coalition with the most amount of seats in, in the lower house um, forms government, and um, yeah. So um, her her name's Gladys Berejiklian. Um, uh, she's a single lady. She's been you know she's career driven. In any other situation, you would see her as a, a you know progressive leftist sort of person that that's you know her sort of you know if you're going to profile her that that's the sort of type she fits into but she's actually the head of um the liberal party now don't be confused the liberal party were traditionally a conservative party um you know sort of um yeah Conservative is the, the best way of putting it, but but the problem with the, the Liberal Party is they've also always hated guns. And in fact, in 1996, after the shooting, um, we had a Liberal Prime Minister, um, and he was the one that that um, established the NFA, 
and he basically you wanted me to talk about the NFA. Well, yeah. What he what he did was he established a sort of a list of things that he wanted the states to do and to, you know, um, uh, to put into into legislation. And the way that he managed to do that was that he threatened the states that he would not give them federal funding. So he said, this is what I want in firearms laws. If you don't do that, you're not going to get much funding out of the federal government. And so they had to toe the line. And there were enough people in each of the state governments to um, who hated guns almost as much as he did to... Um, you know, to, to toe the line. Now, I need to emphasise, however, that it is an agreement. It's not a piece of legislation. So that's why in some places the NFA has not carried as much weight as it did in others. Here in New South Wales um, and in Victoria, pretty much it's it's been as was requested in Queensland not so much in Queensland to begin with it didn't have the same amount of weight as it did in other places um, Queensland's traditionally been more rural but um, uh, during the late 80s and early 90s that began to change and now they have a, a Labor left-leaning government um, which has been to the detriment of the state completely um, and it's been particularly bad in COVID their, their current Premier is she's Rubbish is terrible, um, but um, but yeah, the the, the NFA um, has it, yeah, it's it is an agreement. It, it's not yeah. enforcement. You know, it's it, it it isn't something that was you know embedded in um, legislation. Anyway, um, to get back to New South Wales, our current current premier, woman by the name of Gladys Berejiklian, is corrupt. We know she's corrupt. There's a um, uh, uh, a body called the ICAC, the Independent um, Commission into Corruption, and um, it's a state body. And uh, she had a personal relationship with another disgraced politician who was forced to resign. She knew that he was involved in dodgy property dealings, um, and. Uh, what she's been able to do during COVID is go, look, COVID, bad, bad, every time things um, sort of swiveled back onto her misdeeds. She also did some pretty bad, um, uh, well, she gave a lot of money to councils that were, um, and to electorates, um, which were held by her political party. Um, yes. And it's all... It, it all all stinks to high heaven. And every time a member of the press asks a question about the ICAC investigation, um, she cuts the press conference short. And um, she's, yeah, she's super dodgy. She's really dodgy. But in her time, a number of things have happened. Last year, there was an, there was a, an attempt to amend the Firearms and Weapons Act. And they claimed that it was to stop the illegal production of firearms and they were were going to introduce this idea where if people possessed precursors to the production of firearms then they could be immediately arrested you know and you could potentially go to jail for 20 years and when i'm talking about precursors i mean bits of metal 
It's timber. Yeah. Right. Um, oils, lubricants, you know, that sort of thing. Um, tools, um, blueprints, um, pictures of guns on your computer, tech, you know, technology stuff. And it, it, like the, the civil liberties, just the, you know, walk into someone into an into a you know a grandmother's house and you find a screwdriver on the table potentially told you off down to the down to the police station for 24 hours while they sort it all out and there's less you know there's there's a dozen cases of this that are tried every year and less than that convicted every year and the first people who would be affected by it of course would be firearms owners because you know we have scopes we have scope mounts we might have a spare trigger for a you know for a a rifle that we switched one out. Um, uh, you might have, you know, brass or, or that sort of thing. We're the first ones who would be in the firing line, yeah. for want of a better expression, for that. So that was the first thing. We managed to get a um, a petition of, of, I think it was more than 30,000 people to fight that. But that was last year. Now, this year, um, they came out with a... Um, and these things just pop up, by the way. They don't, you know, there's no proper, um, uh, how, should, how should I say? There's no, there's no sort of proper um, uh, process on, on how they happen. Um, yeah. Suddenly, they decided they needed to change how much um, powder, and I'm talking about smokeless powder, um, license holders and dealers could have. Now, it's hard enough at the moment for dealers particularly, and well, everyone, to get powder. They tightened up all of the transport laws and, well, no, the transport regulations. Right? We are held, um, you know, held hostage by regulations in a lot of ways uh, here in Australia. You know, it's not laws, but no one has the, the money and nor do they... How should I put it? Nor do they have the the risk, you know, the, the the ability to fight the risk of raising the ire of the different firearms industries in different states. So um, they um, they tightened everything up. So it got harder for dealers just to get powder, just because shipping it around was really tough for shipping companies. And then suddenly. Um, TNT, who are a major shipping company here in Australia, said, "Oh no, we're not shopping. We're not shipping firearms or related um, products at all." And then another company did the same thing. And so we're at the point now where country towns, particularly those far outside of places like Sydney and Melbourne and, and um, Brisbane, um, it, the big question is how how are they going to get those things? And of course, farmers really need to get stuff. Yeah. And so what should come up? Then this this limit, you know, further limit to how much powder people should have. So um, they said, like, up until now, anyone with a firearms licence could individually have 12 kilos of powder and dealers were allowed to hold 300 kilos of powder. And people would say, oh, well, well, that's, that's fine, but, you know, why do they need that much? Now, I'm going to cut it down to 12 kilos per household and 200 kilos for dealers. So I go, well, well, that still seems reasonable, except that now it's harder 
for dealers to get the powder in the first place. And if you shoot pistol or if you're a, you know, if you're a pest controller and you load all your own ammo or that sort of thing, you'll cut through 12 kilos of powder very quickly. Yeah. You know, and it's... What? What's the evidence for this? None. There's no evidence for it whatsoever. It's 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 purely, you know, sort of, oh, we'll give them a little bit less and a bit, little bit less, and before you know it, yeah. you know. So and that's, it's, funny uh, it's funny you're bringing all this stuff up, and that's kind of why I, I, I let you talk, because I want people to hear this. The gun control people here, they always, they always refer to Australia. Look at what Australia has done. They banned guns. They banned this. They banned that. You know, we hear about the you know the, the NSA, which is so weird for everybody in the audience. Uh, it's you know the National Firearms Agreement, like like Aiden said, not National Firearms Act, like here in the United States. It's different, but yet it's the, it's kind of the same. But everything you're talking about is they're going to chip away here. It, it is even here in the states. It's like. We're gonna we're gonna take away um, you know just this little thing, or we're gonna tax you just a little bit on this one thing. It never ends. It's just we're gonna no, say no, no. we're gonna we're gonna limit you to ten rounds on on a magazine. No, 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 okay? no. Because and because tax time will be five rounds. Yeah, ten will become yeah. five. Yeah, and then we had the same thing here, like you were talking about precursor. We have, uh, in the United States, we have the um, 80% guns, or uh, as the politicians like to say it, and I hate this word, they call it the ghost guns. Where we're in, the, in the United States, we're allowed to build a firearm for our personal use. And you'll get what's called an 80% lower or receiver or frame yeah. or whatever gun you're building, and you machine it. And then Drill it a out, couple so. of years, a couple of years ago, the, um, the the liberals in Congress they start talking about we need to we need to start ban you know we want to ban this you know these ghost guns you know this is evil ghost guns and stuff like that and uh, they start talking about well we're going to ban the equipment to build a gun you're going <laughs> to need an, you need to be an FFL or a federal firearms license holder in order to own this equipment. Okay, so are you going to that's say crazy. that... That's like lights and drill presses. And right, drill presses, mills. I mean, so are you now saying that a machine shop needs to have an FFL because they have the equipment to right. build a gun? Would you so, like your car to be twice as expensive to get fixed? Would you like that? No. Yeah. This or, is the whole thing. Would you like to not be allowed to walk in the front door of your garage because they have the equipment and you just have to be on the street and the guy come out and take your keys and you have to hand over the cash in the street so that, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. And it's, it's funny because, you know, and I want, I want the, 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 the audience to hear this because this is all happening. It's, it's the same thing. Just a, you're half a world away from me. I mean, uh, just just timing this interview, we're 15 hours apart from each other. That's uh, right. It's, it's so weird. Is I'm talking to you tomorrow, and you're talking to me yesterday because <laughs> <laughs> it's Thursday here and it's Friday there. Um, but yet, you you guys have the same you have the same problems. 
with the yeah. politicians. Uh, we're talking about, you know, in the state, um, you know, with, with the lockdowns and, and the stupid stuff they were doing. We have the same thing here with certain states. We have governors, which are basically your premiers. Some states, yeah, they, just, they just went crazy. Um, and, you know, we have one, one state that you could go to a Walmart to buy food. But Walmart had to put basically like caution tape up to keep you from going over to buy a light bulb or a fan or a piece of clothing. It's like you're already in the store. You know, does it really matter? At that so, hold on. Well, why have they done that? Because, because that was not deemed essential. So in here, we, you know, at the States, there's a lot of these things that are called, we're open for essentials. And we had our lockdown that we went through. We're only open for essentials and food is an essential, but clothing is not. Even though you're in the exact same store. Which site was that? Uh, that was, uh, that was, uh, uh, was it Illinois? What's her name? Oh, yeah. It was uh, Gretchen. It was Gretchen. Um, why can't I remember her name? Yeah, well, Lightfoot's uh, in, isn't she? She's in Light, Lightfoot. Yeah, Light, Lightfoot's in uh, Chicago. That woman's blurry, um, honestly. She's it was, Michigan. It, it was Michigan. That's what, that's what it was. It was, it was state of Michigan. That's where, that's where Gretchen was from. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's stupid. It's funny that you bring up Lightfoot. Um, it's so funny that in Australia, you guys know about Lightfoot. I mean, Chicago's got a huge gun violence problem. Hey, huge but problem. they got the strictest gun laws. And, oh, yeah. and, all and all they're doing is they're now blaming it on the next state over. Well, they have loose gun laws, so those guns are coming in from, from there to here. Well, it, it's like you were saying. Where's the evidence of that? They, they say it. I didn't even say, uh they haven't proved it. Uh, how are they getting across? Like, mm -hmm. like, you know, where's where's your evidence for that? Yeah, you know. I mean, you know, they'll say that, but they won't say, okay, this gun was used in X crime, and we traced the gun down to this gun dealer in Indiana. They, they, they never come up with it. They just they just say it, and we're just supposed to trust them because. They're the elected official in power. Well, I mean, and I heard about one gun that was apparently used in twenty-seven different crimes. It's been stolen from a gun dealer, and the, the the you know how can I say um, the continuity in all this is not that it was stolen from a gun dealer and therefore a bad gun dealer. The continuity is that it was stolen. Yeah, it's been, it's been you know you. And it's been, you know, taken and used by criminals all the way through. And how is it that one gun can t continue to move through a community doing, you know, wreaking havoc and, and death? Yeah. And, you know, you know, how is it that it continues to do that? Why is there not a better system of stopping what's going on? Uh, yeah, and, and as I say, and this it, and this is where you know American, where people are quite happy to say, oh, America's got this and could just should just apply new gun laws. Well, well, they're not working at the moment. So yeah, you know, how about you look in your crystal ball and wave your magic wand because because it's not working there. There's obviously 
other things at play, you know. Well, Abby, you know, earlier you, you, you kind of talked a little bit that Australia doesn't have the, the, the mental health uh, issues. You know, and that became a big thing as Joe Biden kind of came in as president. Um, the liberals like, you know, mental health, and, you know, we got to deal with this mental health thing even before Joe Biden. Um, you know, we got to deal with this mental health thing. Okay. How? What, what exactly, uh, what is, what mental health issue are you talking about? Are you talking about depression? Okay. Let's solve, let's solve depression. How are you going to solve depression? There's so many different triggers of depression. Um, you know, so then it comes down to, well, we'll just ban guns. We can't, we can't deal with it. So we're just going to ban guns. You see, one of the big things that isn't addressed, um, when people talk about gun laws in Australia is that the murder rate and the shooting rate in Australia was already on the downturn in 1996. Right. The other thing is that it's an inconvenient truth that even after 1996, there have been, um, oh, mass, is it massacres that they call them? Uh, anyway, there have been, it, it, you know, there have been occasions where, like for instance, in 2002, there was a, um, there was a shooting with pistols and that was what happened to the reform of pistol conditions. Now, it's never been easy to own a pistol in Australia. There was never a time where you could, like a rifle, go down, buy a pistol and, and take it home. It's always been regulated. Um, people have always had to have fairly strong storage. And I'm not aware that you've ever been able to hunt with pistols in the same way that you could with rifles. Uh, the, the exception to that, I think, is the Northern Territory, where people, particularly if you're, you know, if you're a rancher, for want of a better expression, but if you're, if you're a stockman or something like that, they were allowed to carry pistols to destroy stock. Um, and that, that was the case in Queensland, I think, until not that long ago. But anyway, um, so pistols have never been easy, easy to obtain here, and that, that has to do with more colonial past than anything else. Um, because it wasn't viewed that that people needed pistols. I mean, um, self-defence has never been something, as far as I'm aware, that um, has been very sustainable. And right at the moment, if someone comes into your house carrying a, you know, I don't know, a machete or something like that, and you get the jump on them and you whack them on the back of the head with a shovel and knock them out and call the police, then you will be charged with aggravated assault, even though they your yeah, we we kind of have the same thing here uh, in the states. It depends on what state you're in. Um, there are state we have what's called the the castle doctrine in some states. Yes, no, I'm, and, I'm aware of that. Yeah. So you know, I've I've lived in several states. One of the states I lived in was Maryland, and in Maryland they have they had strict laws back then. They're even worse now. But in Maryland, if you shot an intruder. You had better be cowering in the corner of your bedroom with nowhere else to go. And um, they were coming at you, and there better be bullet holes around you in the wall. And you still might be charged at that point. Um, you know, where I live, I, I live in Montana. So Montana's a whole, well, it's <laughs> hasn't been a state for long considering the other states, but 
uh, it's still very, um, you know, they're, they're still very proud of their, of their, um, their heritage here. And, you know, we have the castle doctrine. It's, you know, your castle, you know, your home is your castle. You can defend yourself inside. Uh, we've had yeah. some, actually, it was a mile down the road from me where uh, someone had an intruder. And uh, he came home. There was someone into in his kitchen when he came home. Um, just happens to be the guy's also a gun dealer. It works out of the house. Um, shot the intruder. The intruder left the house and bled out in his car in the driveway. Uh, our, our, um, our, you know, uh, our sheriff did not charge him. And he, he, he rolled it a, you know, okay, this is a clean shoot. <laughs> but the lawyers for the county did. They, char- they, they decided to pick it up and charge him. Um, they got a hung jury the first time. They retried them again. Um, and then they got a, you know, I think it was the second time was a mis- uh, was it a mistrial. Yeah. I think it was a mistrial the second time. And finally the public went to the, you know, to the DA and went, we're sick of this. No, um, it was ruled a clean shoot. There was an intruder in his house. He didn't break a law. Why are you going after him? It was, you know, for a political stance. He didn't like it. Um, it's 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 sad that it happened. The guy was linked to multiple break-ins in in the uh, in the area. Um, you know, it's it's sad that someone lost their life over that. Mm-hmm. But if he wasn't there doing illegal things to begin with, yep, he'd still be alive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And this this is this is the problem. I, I've been watching a lot of, um, what are they called, A&E um, videos on um, uh, on YouTube a lot. And, you know, I mean, you, you sort of, um, I mean, you feel, uh, I mean, it's sad that people have died, but when you come into a convenience store or someone's home or something like this, in you know, the bulk of these situations where someone's been shot and died at a convenience store or, or you know, gas station or something like that, um, these people have been held up three and four times before they turn a gun on yeah. the robbers. You know, so if it, if it turns out that, you're, that it's your first time robbing them, well, then sucks to be you because, you know, there's just a, there's just a limit to what people can take when you've taken their livelihood off them. So there was a quote, there's a quote that I I heard. I forget, um, I forget who originally said it, but it's like, don't be, don't do stupid. uh, Don't be in stupid places doing stupid things with stupid people. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just comes down to that. Don't, you know, if you're hanging out with stupid people, stupid things are going to happen. That's, that's absolutely it. You know, and, um, yeah, so it's you know, I look. Do I think that we need? Do I, I think Australians need firearms to defend themselves? Honestly, most of the time not. Um, where people that invade homes tend not to be aggressive here. Um, they don't go. They don't go in armed because um, it's because that's not the, the sort of standard for um, criminals. 
um, you know, they might they might have a knife with them or something like that, or I don't know. But but if you what generally happens in a home invasion is someone gets you know punched or something like that. It's not generally you're not likely to come across someone with a gun. Armed robbery just doesn't happen that much, certainly in home invasions. Um, and the other problem with having guns as, um, as self-defence here in Australia is I think that we would end up with some sort of sort of civilian arms race where um, if homeowners have guns, then it would become a perceived necessity for criminals to have guns when they went to, to go and do whatever criminal things they do. And so you would get to, you would have a situation where people, you know, would be getting shot, both homeowners and, and criminals, because both of them had guns. Now that doesn't make but, it right. Um, but would you, also, would you also think that if more homeowners had guns, maybe the criminals might think second, uh, a second chance, um, you know, hey, look, there's more firearms in this area. I have a higher chance of getting shot. Maybe I'll go I somewhere think, else. I, I think that um, I think that would apply where people take guns in themselves, and and that the the concealed carry or yeah, conceal, con, that's a good thing for concealed carry because when you go in and you think that you're going to have dominant force through carrying a firearm and there's no consequences for that, then yeah, that works. But if you're going to go in and do what you're going to do anyway, and the chances are that somebody will have a gun to stop you doing that, and then you're going to think, oh, if I do that robbery, I'm going to need to defend myself in the same way that people coming out of jail, even though they're not supposed to have a gun, even though they're going to do illegal things, will go and get one. Um, but that's just my opinion. Like, I think Australians should be able to defend themselves, but, but I'm not sure that, that giving them... Yeah, I. That that that's just that's just my feeling. Um, well, you see, and that's also a cultural thing too, right? Yes, it is. Um, I mean, you know, Australia has a different, a, a completely different culture. I mean, even though Australia and the United States, we were both formerly British colonies. Hmm. Um, America was the insurrectionist of of the former British colonies. So, and and there was, you know, I mean. In, in many ways, in many ways, England learned its lessons um, on, on, in America, um, and um, you know, uh, by the time Australia was was settled, um, it was much more of a like England was pretty much a constitutional monarchy by then, right? And um, and so, in that way, there was less heavy-handedness. Um, and the other thing is, it began as a penal colony. Um, yeah. And the US not really, wasn't wasn't really a penal colony. They were settlers. So, um... Well, um and that's... Yeah, wait, what do you think about... Firearms culture here, um, in terms of hunting and farming and, and that sort of thing. Um, but, but yeah, we, one of the things I'm proudest of is that um, Australia wasn't formed by, like, it, it didn't come about as um, one power being another or yeah. as a, you know, it came about because we all decided that we should be one country and everyone voted for it. 
you know, which is notable as you ask me. Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, for us, um, you know, we go back to the roots of, of our country. Firearms were important for us, um, you know, for good or bad. You know, we were. I mean, eventually, we were invaders of a, of the continent. Um, we were far away from the the homeland. We were on our own. Um, that's where a lot of our firearms and innovation came from. We had to build, make, cre- you know, create, fix. We were on our own. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of where our history is. And that's why we're so, uh, we're so adamant of keeping it because that is, you know, because of a very brutal war, mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, we that it reaffirmed that we, you know, for us as a country, we needed that. Um, hmm. And I, you know, if you look at, so, you know, I mean, Canada, uh, the way they formed their country is a lot like how Australia uh, hmm. became a country as well. I mean, all these these British colonies afterwards, it was a much different environment with with England when they separated off, um, and. You know, I, I sit back and look at, you know, I look back at the Revolutionary War and then we go back to, um, um, you know, we go and we had another war, the War of 1812 with, with, with England. It's amazing that we are such good allies today um, after such a, such, you know, we, I mean, we were, we, we had two very brutal um, events happen between us. Hmm. But, you know, and that's that's one thing about um, firearms ownership, and that's that's the culture and the history here. We just we're not we haven't let that go. We also have. I, I do think that. Um, I mean, you there is a there's a we the two of us have a fundamental. Um, you know, fundamentally, we think the same way about firearms. We have we might go a little different about it. Uh, for for you know your. For me, I think, especially, you know, I was, I was a gun dealer for 10 years. Um, my basic theory is, is that everybody should own a gun unless you're not allowed to. And I don't care why you want it. Um, whereas, you know, uh, you, you don't have a, a, an opposition to people owning a firearm. But, you know, for me, I think that you should also be allowed to wear your firearm Regardless, um, you know, concealed carry, things like that. It's a different culture here. Um, you know, we, yeah, we absolutely. do have, we have, we have as many problems as we have together, you know, that are the same. We also have completely different problems on the same, on the other mm-hmm. side of it. I actually think that one of our problems with, um, with, with gun violence here in the United States, it's not a, yeah, it's not a gun law problem. I think you would agree too. Yeah, I absolutely. I think it's a respect problem. I don't think here in the United States, I don't believe that people in general, I'm, I'm speaking generally here, I don't think that we have the respect of each other. Um, we don't have the respect of each other. We don't have the respect of the firearm itself. Um, you know, a firearm is a tool. I don't think we respect that tool. Um, uh-huh. I, I think we were very much in a society of um, we think about ourselves and that's it. We don't think about our consequences. And I think, um, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, there's, yeah, there's, been a, yeah, there's been a drastic change in, um, in attitude um, since the 1960s. And I mean, to, to, to quote, you know, well, I'm going to quote as closely as I can, Jordan Peterson said, since, since the 1960s, we've told, we've told children all of their rights, but none of their responsibilities. Yeah. And there's a fly. Uh, I would really agree with that. Um, I, I think um, it's funny. You know, uh, you know, every generation thinks that the new generation coming up is is spoiled and all that stuff. Um, you know, I I look at at the generation coming up now. Uh, <laughs> they're just they're so uh, we stopped even teaching them the rights. They're so they, they're so willing to give away their rights. Um, I swear that if I went up to, to someone now and said, "Would you give up?" I don't know. Um, you know, your your would you give up your right for search and illegal search and seizure? That's you know one of our one of our amendments here in the Constitution. In order for the police to come up and and look for things, they have to serve a warrant. They have to have probable cause, and, and they have to they have to prove it to a judge. Would you be willing to give up your your right to search and seizure for an Xbox? I swear, I will I will be giving away Xboxes, you know, so many that I couldn't keep up with the demand. Yeah, oh, we don't do anything wrong, so so that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, right, exactly. It, and mm. it's not the fact of you know, for for us, we have that whole. Distrust of government, um, it, it built into our founding documents. You know, the First Amendment is uh, the right to free speech, and we always joke around saying the reason why we have the right to free speech is because we have the Second Amendment, which gives us the guns to keep a, keep that right to free, free speech. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't think, I don't, I mean. <laughs> And we, we stopped teaching history in schools here in the United States. I mean, I was reading an article that they don't teach World War II because it was so traumatic to kids. It's like you're reading about a war. I mean, yeah, trust me, it was, it was ugly. There's no way I would ever want anybody to ever go through it. But it, if we stop teaching history, I mean, you know, the, the quickest way to repeat history is to stop teaching it. Hmm. We didn't look uh, when we um, study history in um, at school here because I've taught it. Um, we studied Holocaust. Um, we don't study. I'm just trying to think. We don't study a great deal about World War Two. I'm not really sure why we study study Vietnam and the Cold War um, uh, and. You know the um, the Russian Revolution and and that sort of thing, um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's none of the oh, it might hurt their feelings business. There's, I mean, I, I just one one of my son's friends is um, an an avowed communist, and my son said, I just cannot get over the fact that we studied Russia and we studied what happened there, and he still thinks that communism's great. And I said, well, why is that? And he said, oh, he says that, oh, it's not real communism. <laughs> I just went, like, 
have you looked at China? Have you looked at Venezuela? Oh, yeah, but they're not all real communism. And he said, real communism. But in theory, you might think the communism is great, but it never works out like that. It doesn't work. Like, in real world, those pear shaped. I mean, the problem with communism is, is eventually you run out of other people's money. Well, and it's, it, it's stealing. And the other problem is, yeah. the, you know, the biggest issue with communism is that um, in order for communism to be, uh, uh, for communism to start in a country, it advocates violent revolution. And violent yeah. revolution is not the way in which you want to establish a culture. And um, it's all very well to say, oh, but we want people to be equal. But the people that end up on t in top, at the end of a violent revolution are the people who are most ruthless and are least likely to be equitable. So, you know, in Russia, in well, China, you know. I mean, if you, if you look at Russia in war, um, they didn't have enough guns for everybody to go around. So you have a buddy system. This guy has the gun. You're going to run behind him. When he falls, you're going to pick the gun up and you're going to keep the charge. Yeah, oh, and right. by the way, if you turn around and come back, we open up our guns on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, 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 it kind of goes back, you know, I, I kind of loop back to the, the thing. I believe that people should be allowed to carry their firearm. I don't believe that this firearm is the tool to solve all problems, though. No. You, you should, you know, when I have, yeah, when I carry my firearm in, in Montana, I have, a, I have a concealed carry permit, but we now we now we're now permitless here the the problem with carrying a firearm is you're held to a higher responsibility at that point absolutely i, am, like a I, now, have, I now have a tool that is a highly effective um you know death machine at that point that i'm in control of if someone yells at me you don't pull the gun out you try yeah. to you disengage you de-escalate there's other tools that you need to do. Mm. Communism is, is the direct opposite. They don't care. You're doing it this way. This mm. is the way we are. Why? Because we're here and you're here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, all animals are equal except for pigs who are more equal than others. Yeah. Uh, you have a little George Orwell in there? Yeah, I'll just... just <laughs> Um, oh, look, I was going to talk a little bit more about, um, you, you mentioned, um, what was it, um, you know, search and, you know. Um, yeah, the illegal search and seizure. We've, um, one of the things that the our current government um, is, uh, they're on the way out. They're on, our, they're on their third term and things weren't great at the last election they were unpopular my my particular political party won country seats now um the liberal party um are primarily a city-based um uh, party and they have um a they're in coalition with a country called the with a party called the national party the national party were traditionally a, a rural party that spoke up for farmers and you know country towns and that sort of thing. Well, they're not now. Like they um, they basically bend over every time the Liberal Party asks them to do something. They're exceptionally corrupt. 
you may or may not have heard of the water corruption that's happening here in Australia. Um, and they basically, I'm convinced that they're taking backhanders from people um, with big farms and with, with you know, agricultural industry who, who just wants water. There's a thing called floodplain harvesting where when rivers flood, they pump water off them into huge um, private reservoirs. It's not being enforced. Everyone admits that it's pretty much illegal, especially the people doing it. Um, but nothing's being done, and the National Party are making a lot of money out of it. And um, and the National Party lost three seats across the um, the western part of the state. We own the west. Like shooters, fishers, farmers have those seats, and um, and the National Party are on the nose. They are, they're, you know, um, the Liberal Party are not in a good way either. Um, and so before the last election, they started to make deals with the Animal Justice Party, who are basically vegans, right? And uh, the Greens, who we like to call um, watermelons. So they're green on the outside, but they're reds on the inside, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And um, these deals they've, they've made have surfaced like you know every you know stinky bubble out of a swamp um in a new animal welfare document and it's a discussion paper as they like to call it at the moment and they say that they've you know um consulted you know 1100 uh, stakeholders but the bulk of these stakeholders of course have been animal rights groups and they want to introduce this new situation where oh you know, farmers and fishermen and all this sort of thing are also responsible for the psychological health of the animals and that they, you know, that they have to, you know, protect them from maiming and all of these very sort of broad terms. They want to expand the powers of inspectors to be able to go onto properties and, you know, it, it, it and demand, you know, the ID of the owner or the manager and inspect, you know, crops and, you know, stock and that sort of thing. They want to give powers to council inspectors to be able to go onto a property and to euthanise or, or inspect animals at, you know, at any time if in states of emergency. And um, they say that the fishing industry, you know, slaughters more animals than any other industry full stop. But of course, all of these industries are geared to feed people. That's what they're for. Um, and if they have this level of scrutiny, this level of, oh, it's just unworkable, then it's going to take, like, mum and dad farms are just going to be wiped out in no time flat. Well, well the you're talking about the, the animals' uh, mental well-being. So are there going to be psych animal psychological, you know, psychological tests? Well, and do they have animal psychologists that take big couches with them? Do you know what I mean? I mean, this is, yeah. it, it's crazy stuff. And besides, it's, it's, um, what was I saying? A financial suicide for a farmer to, to yeah. make his, you know, to, to make his stock uncomfortable, you know, living in a bad way. If you want good, you know, meat, if you want good wool, if, all those sort of things, you need to look after your stock. And that's what these farmers do. Are they pets? No, they're not. Um, but then, you know, you don't want to hug a, a, a stud bull. That's not something you want to be doing. Um, and, um, and, you know, 
and what it does, it it'll give. Um, you know, you could have some you know, animal rights mob turn up in the middle of the night when you're you know shooting pests or culling kangaroos on a property, and have them go over every kill that you have made to see whether or not they approve of the way that you've done it. You can have someone turn up in the middle of the night in a car in the spotlight, you know, have you have, where you've been shooting, and that's incredibly unsafe. Um, yeah. And it just the, the whole thing is just really dodgy. Um, and that's, oh, they're sort of um, projecting, you know, human emotions onto animals, especially fish. Fish actually don't, feel pain the same way that that um uh that mammals do and they there was a study done here in in um, queensland and um what they found was that fish um when they're hooked the reason that they keep moving is that they don't feel pain the same way they still you know do feel it but if they kept like if you if you sort of spear it or, or you know or or um, shoot someone with an arrow, then a lot of the times they'll lay down and they'll stop moving because it hurts so much. But fish don't do that yeah. because they don't have the same pain um, refle you know, reflexes and they don't have the grey matter for that to, to apply. Right. And that's yeah. what I was thinking is you're talking about the whole arrow thing. Not only are we if you shoot someone with an arrow or a gun or whatever, um, they're, they're going to feel pain, they're going to stop, but at the same time, they're trying to analyze what just happened to them at that yeah. point. Um, and, well, we got these big things on our heads, you know, uh -huh. in, in, our, in our brain bucket there that we're trying to analyze things. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, it, we have, I mean, it, it, it's so funny. We're a world apart, but yet we have the same exact thing. You know, we have the exact same problems. Now, I, I agree with you. It's like, you don't, you don't mistreat an animal, okay? If you're a, if you're a rancher, you don't mistreat an animal. No, but you're not. I mean, you know, I'm not going to go out there and you know, you know, go just start punching on a, on on a cow. I mean, if you you're you know, you're going to take care of that animal because that's your source of income. That's that right. Someone's that's someone's food. That's your source of income because someone is paying you for that. Um, you're going to take care of that animal. Are you? Are you going to? You're going to bring it into the house every night with you? No, it's going to. It's going to stay. It's going to stay out in the field. You're. You're absolutely right. It's, it's not a pet. Um, yeah, I, it, it's crazy how we have the same things going on here. Um, yeah. You know. We, you know. Well, meat is either meat is murder. Um, no. Well, guess what? As a human, we're we're carnivores. Yeah, I don't know what percentage of Americans are vegetarian or vegan, but there's something like 10% of Australians are vegetarian. And when I say vegetarian, vegetarian doesn't mean that you don't use animal products. There's plenty of vegetarians that eat eggs and eat, you know, dairy and, and all that sort of thing. So these, these sort of laws aren't going to help them either. Um, and there's one percent of Australians, maybe less, that call themselves vegans. And so we're letting, oh, let's say, less Australians, the rest of us, how we should be living. And because at the end of the day, these laws 
are being, you know, or or this discussion paper is being steered by people who want to stop everyone from eating meat. That's what they want. They want all of those farm animals that are out there to go and run free and have beautiful lives, but they actually don't understand how things happen in the wild. You know, uh, there was a, a great meme um, which was a picture of um, a deer in a hospital bed, um, you know, surrounded by family, um, and and it said underneath, "How vegans think animals die in the wild." Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, if if you were to let's just say, you know, we're all go we're all going to sing kumbaya, we're going to turn the cows loose, and they're going to be they're going to roam free. Okay, great. Here, here in Montana, we have these things called bears and oh, yeah. mountain lions. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If 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 I'm if I'm a steer, I would much rather not know that my time is coming and get a bolt to the back of the head. Yeah, than get taken down by a mountain lion or a bear or, or, or any yeah. other of the carnivores out there. That is a brutal death. Yeah. Well, here in Australia. Um, if you're in the top end, there's, there's saltwater and freshwater crocs. No, nothing wants to die from a saltwater croc. They really don't. And even if, and, and even though there's no predators that big um, in the rest of Australia, then they have to find a way that they can survive. And there's lots of Australia that is just desert. Like, yeah. it's natural. Um and even if they do survive and they thrive, what about all of the native species? We have so many, so much trouble with, well, feral cats were a huge problem, like, and domestic cats are just as bad. Domestic cats kill tons of native birds, you know, um, native animals, and, you know, and yet, um, there's people that would just have feral cats captured, neutered, and, um, and, re and released, and, um, how can I put this as politely as I can? There was a farmer up north that said they're not um, they're not shagging them to death. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, which always makes me laugh, but it's like it's absolutely true. They're um, you know, I've had I've had house cats and and they were you know, they're good companion animals. But the problem is most people don't have them just as house cats. Um, yeah. So they're um, incompatible for Australia, and I'm not sure that we'll ever get rid of feral cats. It's, it's so much of a problem. Foxes are a problem too, although although they're easier to catch and easier to shoot. Wild dogs have become a huge problem, a massive problem, particularly on the East Coast. Um, and, and yet, you know, like they, they want to be stopping us from eating beef, you know, because that's, that's a... Well, I mean, I look at some of the things that people are, are worried about, and I look at it and go, if that is the worst thing in your life you need to worry about, you right. live a good life, because we got a lot of other problems we got to deal with before we even oh, yeah. get to that. And the people that are steering this, that are driving this, that are just hell-bent on this, they have nothing else in their lives, nothing else in their lives. They eat, sleep, and breathe. Um, yeah. Vegetables. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, but when they're not, when they're awake,
all of their will and you know craziness is bent on stopping everybody else doing what they shouldn't what you know on eating meat or you know whatever they think they shouldn't be doing and yeah yeah so um that's the problem now the other the other issue that's just come up and we only found out about the other day is that the epa which is exactly what you guys have environmental protection agency has decided that they should introduce new and i'm trying to think of the word irritating sound um noise pollution powers to local government so that means that rifle ranges are included um so are um motorsport parks so racetracks and that sort of thing and so they're trying to hand over powers to um local government and you know town councils and that sort of thing which are bad enough as it is we here in my town our rifle range was shut down to center fire um use because of the local council i'm not sure that's something i really want to discuss today it's it's a complicated okay. but basically between the local council and the firearms registry we're not able to use center fire apart from um rifles that use lead cast bullets um that travel under 1500 feet per second so either reduced loads or you know like black powder cartridge um and that's all because that's pretty much all because of because of the local council and so now they're trying to introduce these noise laws that will now enable local council to shut down rifle ranges or at least hobble them based on noise yeah. let me let me ask you this in, in australia what's the what's the general feeling about a suppressor on a uh, firearm yeah well yeah the suppressors look we we would all have suppressors but the um but the government is is convinced that um that um only um assassins use suppressors yeah, it's okay so yeah you, it's it's the same thing with the liberals here they, oh, it's, it, suppressors it, it, are quite um I'm sorry. yeah there's no there's I mean, not suppressors <laughs> yeah yeah and, and it's not it's so funny when they go okay um we gotta ban these things just you know they're they're the evil things and this is what spies use and stuff they're not that quiet people um no they're not i mean they're, they're just not um all, all they're, doing is they're, uh, they're lowering it so you don't blow your eardrums out yeah 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 and there's there's already um one of the things we're trying to do my political party is trying to do at the moment is to have a rubric for um owning for applying for a, um, a suppressor um so that because one of the things we're supposed to have is transparency in um legislation and regulation and one of the things you do is you bring up the firearms registry and say oh i want to apply for a suppressor and they'd say what's your legitimate reason and so oh, well i'm you know the the guy the guy who's talking about this team is a a professional pest um uh just you know destruction oh, trying to think of the word dispatcher. Anyway, yeah dispatcher whatever um professional hunter and he said um i'm shooting rabbits on a horse property um so i need a suppressor so that it doesn't upset the stock and so that it also doesn't upset the um, landowners while they're asleep because i'm doing it at night time 
And um, so the rabbits all don't run away after the first shot. And the, the woman on the phone said, no, that's not a, that's not a justifiable reason. And he said, oh, okay, well, can you tell me what a justifiable reason is? Oh, no. No, you tell us the reason, then we'll tell you if it's yeah. justifiable. Yeah. That's not, that's not, you know, that's not clear. There's no clarity in that. Nope. That's making people, you know, try and trip people up. But yeah. the part of the problem with the firearms registry is he, one day you'll get someone who is like, he rang up another day. And because he's a um, uh, a licensed shooter and a pest you know, destroyer, then he can get um, he can get Category D firearms. And Category D firearms are semi-automatic centre-fire rifles. Okay, There's, uh, uh, you wanted me to explain the the class system, didn't you? On that, yeah, because in your NFA it 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 talks about the classes. So yeah, if you wouldn't mind just going through the classes really quick. I'll go through that quick. Um, so, Class A is shotguns not including self-loading, um, and it's shotguns, lever-action shotguns with a capacity of up to five rounds. Okay. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, air rifles, rimfire rifles. Okay. Um, I don't know what the ruling is on rimfire rifles above two two caliber. You can get them, I think. But I don't know what the story is. That's and uh, oh, sorry, air rifles over two two caliber. But of course, there's no rim two. There's no rim fire these days. Two two. Category B is oh, and category A is also um, muzzle loading, right? Um, category B is um, center fire rifles, um, and. It also includes muzzle loaders and and um, lever action shotguns under um, five rounds or five up to five rounds in man capacity, um, and that's so somebody could get just a B license if they were only interested in centre fire. But most shooters have category A B because that opens them up to you know uh, things. Category C is pump action. Um, shotguns um, and that's open to and uh, auto loading um, rim fire rifles and that's open to rural producers in other words people that work on farms um, and um, and professional you know pest um, dis destruction and then there's category D, and that is self-loading um, shotguns, which you can get if you have some sort of shoulder injury. You can get that for trap um, and for skeet, and you know, um, and um, self-loading uh, center fire and lever-action shotguns with more than five rounds capacity. And this happened all because of the, oh, what was a, what is a lever action, the Turkish ones, I'm trying to remember what they're called now. Anyway, that all came out, there was, you know, oh, what was it, seven rounds in seven seconds or something like that. It was, you know, it was all hyped up, it was just all crap. Um, and that, so they, they changed them to D category if they had two more rounds in the magazine. Jeez. Oh, it was the best sales pitch. 
for, for those lever-action shotguns ever. Uh, a friend of mine bought one. He said they're pieces of crap, but um, yeah, but it was a great sales pitch for them because everyone bought one. Anyway, I didn't. I, I still don't own a shotgun. Um, I've, I've never shot trap or anything like that, so, you know, um, I should probably get one, but other things distract me. And plus, the only shotgun I'd really like to get is one of those um, triple-barrel ones. Um, and if I went that range with a triple barrel, they'd say, oh, here we go. It's the wanker politician come along with his fancy gun. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, I just haven't bought one anyway. Um, but, yeah, so so there's that. Um, and, and you can only own um, uh, Category D uh, long arms if you are, you know, if you're a professional um, uh, shooter who just destroys pests. Um, or if you're a collector, um, and, uh, there's a collector's license as well, um, which allows you to own almost anything. Um, but if it's a, a collector, if it's under a collector, most of the time it means you can't shoot it. Um, not strictly, um, as far as I'm aware, but yeah, it's, um, so there's that, um, as far as I'm aware, the, there is a category system in handguns. I'm not a handgun shooter at the moment because, frankly, oh, in order to get a handgun licence, first you have to become a member of a handgun club or a pistol club and you have to get a provisional licence where for the first six months you shoot one of their pistols and you prove yourself to be an honest person. <laughs> because, because in six months of you borrowing someone else's gun and shooting at the range... You're an honest person. Um, yeah. Oh, look, I know a bloke that's a pistol, right, um, for the police and has been for 20 years. He handles blocks all day, every day, every weekday, except for like, an, I think it was it two or three weeks a year, whatever holidays he gets. Every other day he shoots blocks like that's his job. Um, and he and a number of other pistols, uh, pistol trainers applied to the Said, look, we shoot pistols every day. Could we have a, a special you know, um, station to get a civilian pistol licenses so that, you know, we don't have to do all the waiting period? This is the job we do. And the police commissioner uh, an email back, like, the next second almost, and said, under no circumstances. <laughs> Just crazy. Anyway, um, so you get your provisional pistol license, and after six months... You can buy two pistols, right? But they can't be a rimfire and a centerfire. They have to be either two rimfires or two centerfires. Like, I, I can't... <laughs> what does it matter at that point? Yeah, they... they um, yeah, so it's... Oh, it's ridiculous. Anyway, and then you can only have... You can have pistols... Um, which fit the competitions that you use. But you have to shoot a certain amount of practices and a certain amount of comps per pistol that you have. You can't shoot them at any place apart at the pistol range. Um, and they must go straight home and straight back, you know, straight to the range and straight home yeah. again to be secured. You know, I mean, it's... Pistol shooting well, yeah. has always been... Honest people. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so I think there's a couple of different classes of 
all basically based around, you know, air pistol, rimfire pistol, um, centerfire pistol and the black powder, you know. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's um, there's a few, few states here that if the gun is older than... Oh, 120 years old or something like that. You, it doesn't require a, um, uh, a registration, um, particularly for muzzle loading. Um, but here in New South Wales, like you know, if it if it looks like a gun, <laughs> almost it's a registration. And then there's dual blasters. Oh my goodness, so stupid. Um, uh, and and fun. I don't laugh. I don't laugh just because it's funny. I laugh because I, I know everything you're saying. You know, I mean, I, I've seen states just like this. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I lived in Maryland. If that firearm left our house, it had to go right to the range, and you had to come right back. You weren't you weren't even allowed to stop and get gas. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Because and and the funny thing is, how do you enforce that? You know, they make these laws, and it's almost impossible for the police to be able to tell. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. And the other big thing that worries me is that if someone, like, if the police get your license and they check your license, and I mean your driver's license, I'm talking about your gun license, and and they say, oh, hold on, he's got a firearms license. You know, do do we go back to the car and say, um, have you got any guns with you? They're starting to go to the probable cause. Hold on, hold on. Let's take a step back. Why did you pull me over? Was it speeding? You know, is there probable cause? Am I doing anything wrong with guns? You know what I mean? Like, if if I was doing something wrong, well, that's fine. You know, and that's the other thing. In Victoria, they're about to try and um, introduce legislation where if you get a speeding fine and you have a firearms license, you could lose it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can laugh about it, but th- it's like I, I know it. That's, uh, yeah, it, it, like, that's a huge problem. Like it, it, that's a it, it's not problem. funny, but it's it goes back to the conversation we had earlier. They're going to take one little thing, and this is how they're going to erode away. Yep. I mean, it's it's. Um, I mean, so you know, you've been talking about licensing. You, you for to purchase a firearm, you need to have a license in in Australia to purchase one. And you have to have a good cause, which, from what I read, self-defense is not a good cause to, in uh, order to have uh, in order to have a firearm. But you know, it's now okay. Now you've we've made you jump through so many hoops, but you do one little thing wrong. Maybe oh, it's, yeah. you don't cross the T's when when you're when you use you know when you're writing. Oh, I'm sorry, you're not a you know. They'll they'll make something up. Just yeah, to take it away. It's, it's not funny, but it's just, you have to laugh because that's all you can do because it's it's so stupid. I Absolutely. mean, it's not, like, it's not like you went out and robbed the bank. No. And there's there's other situations arising here in this state where the um, you're sending your firearms licence to be renewed and if they believe, and it's, it's so subjective, if the commissioner or the firearms... Um, the commander in charge of the firearms directory believes it's in the public interest, you know, so some sort of safety bill crap, um, then um, they can refuse to uh, renew your license. Oh, it's not in the public interest for you to have a firearms license. And one of the big things has been that if um, 
veterans try to pay for anything like their license renewal or for we have things called permits to acquire so every time you want to buy a gun you need to get a permit to acquire which is 30 bucks and you say what you're getting it for and, and what class it is and yeah it's a, it's another way to, to basically rob us anyway yeah. uh, in victoria which is the next state south where melbourne is um those those PTAs, which we call PTAs, they go through in eight seconds. You go to the gun shop, you have a firearms license, you say, I want to buy one of these. They type it into their software that connects to the government, you know, boom, goes through, take your gun with you. Here in New South Wales, you send off for the PTA. After your first one, it's not supposed to take 28 days, but I can tell you that it often takes a number of weeks. And, um, Ever since they started to run the thing by the computer, by computer, like it has not made things better. It's made it worse. They introduced this new computer stuff, and then as a result of that, they got rid of staff. And, yeah. Like it's just. Yeah. Um, so our party in, in government has been, you know, taking them the task over it, and honestly, they are so incompetent. They're really incompetent. And I feel sorry for blokes who I know that are police officers who are really, you know, they're good blokes. They have firearms licences. They're, you know, they, um, and they're reasonable individuals. But the people that they deliberately put in the firearms registry and the people who are members of the upper executive of um, the, you know, the state police force, uh, their political appointments... Um, and they are not nice individuals and, you know, and their goal is to strip um, civil liberties away from people. And, um, you know, if you're a decent person, don't expect to ever be pr promoted in the police. I hesitate to say this, but um, within the police, there was a lot of Freemasons in the past. I can't say that that's the case at the moment, but I have a feeling that they're probably still involved. Um, look, I, I, I don't want to, you know, tar them all with a, with a, with a you know, no, it, brush, but, <laughs> but the people who are in charge, they're not the ones that you would want in charge of a police force. Yeah, I mean, we we have, um, you know, similar things here. I mean, you get, you get political people. I mean, so... You know, in our in our county, um, you know, we our states are divided further into counties. Mm -hmm. uh, our sheriffs, they're they're elected officials. Um, you know, our 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 county councils can make laws, but they can't tell the sheriff what to do or how to do his job. Um, mm -hmm. They can, but they can put a lot of political pressure on them to try to get that. Um, so, you know, for us, we have, you know, our, our police, you know, or at least our leadership and our police are at least elected. Not saying that that's necessarily a good thing because, you know, if I live in a very conservative county, um, then more likely I'm going to have a conservative sheriff. Uh, mm -hmm. I live in what we call kind of a purple county. So it's kind of a, a mix between liberal and, and, and uh, conservative. Yeah. We have, we have a sheriff here. He's been here. He's been in office for a while. He's, he's elected. 
Uh-huh. He's very much on. Um, uh, yeah, he's not going to infringe on people's gun ownership rights. Uh, when we when we went through, um, you know, when we went through all the craziness with with the lockdowns and stuff, and they tried to start kind of chipping away at at our liberties with with firearms. He's mm-hmm. one of the he's one of the sheriffs that actually went and said, "No, you can't do this to our people." Um, but when you start getting into political appointments, now we have that in, at the federal level. Um, you know, when we have like our, our, our ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Yes. Yes. So, I mean. Who was the guy that they, Chipman? Was he his name? Chipman. Yeah, Chipman. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. yeah, he, there was a lot of hate for that one. Um, I mean, come on. Well, I just can't get over the fact that people who are on the, you know, people who are progressives, you know, can say all sorts of things and have a track record, track record of, track record, yeah. I should say, of, you know, of racism and and all this sort of thing, and and all people go is all oh, that, well, you know, oh, but he's mostly a nice bloke on the in the other ways. Someone on the right, like they're pilloried. That's the end of their career. They. You know, they yeah. they never get an opportunity to do anything again. Oh. You know, well, and and that's one of the problem I have. I mean, I got I I got a little upset at uh, at a at a representative, and she's not from my state, but she's she's all mad that you know the the Republicans, the the you know, the, the conservatives here, they're you know interfering with good work that you know her good work that she's trying to do. She's well, trying to. Mean? Take guns away. Oh, right. Borders. That could work. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah, that, that could right. work. Okay. O- open borders. And oh, by the way, she was a police chief, too, and she wants to take guns away. Um, um, so that, and, that's you know, like the woman who was the Seattle chief. Was it Seattle? I think it was. She was the Seattle chief um, chief of police. And... Oh, no, is that the one that resigned, or...? Yeah, that was the one that resigned. She said, um, they're just basically tying my, my hands behind yep. my back. And then did they sue her? I'm trying to remember that they treated her extremely badly. Yeah. Um, they, things are so I bad mean, up there now. And that's what they'll do is they'll, they'll, they will apply that political pressure. Um, and it's, it's crazy. And that's why I am I'm very much against political appointments just because of that. They're, you're not tying that back to the voter. Now, I'm not saying that we need to vote everything. Um, but well, see, I'm sorry. These aren't political appointments per se, but we know they're political. We know yeah. they're based on who the person is. You know, it's not based on their abilities because, frankly, some of the, you know, some of the individuals we've had are so dodgy. Right? Yeah. Yeah, or, or not dodgy, just incompetent. You know, and and absolutely bent one direction. And, um, you know, we know that we will never get a a sympathetic um, police commissioner here. It just won't happen. Like, they'll always choose somebody who is, is, you know, pro-gun taking, not gun control, it's just taking gun control. control. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've had less and less and less incidents of um, shootings and that sort of thing. Less and less and less uh, situations where 
um, licensed firearm owners, um, you know, commit murder. Uh, the last one was because the firearms registry made a mistake and gave this bloke who had apprehended violence orders against him from the family court, um, and they didn't check him properly. They, they didn't vet him before they gave him a, a, a specific special um, authorization to get a pistol license. Every, like two or three different pistol clubs had said, nah, he's on the nose. We are not going to have him as a member of our pistol club. So he applied directly to the firearms registry and said, oh, I should be able to get one. And they didn't check him properly. And so they gave him a commissioner's permit, what they call a commissioner's permit, which is a special, you know, we'll let you do it even though nobody wants to have you. Yeah. He joined a club and then six months later, he shot his daughter and his son and then himself. You know what's funny is if you have the people in the industry saying no, <laughs> this guy's a problem. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you listen to him? I mean, you know, as a as a gun rights advocate, I advocate for safe use of a firearm. Yeah, I want to make sure that the firearms are safe. We're using them responsibly, and that the right people have them. Right. Yeah. If I say no, that this this person should not, you know, have a firearm. That's it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not my decision to ultimately. But if he's not going to be a member was, of our club, <laughs> right? When when I was when I was a gun dealer, part of my license is is that I'm allowed to say no. I'm allowed to stop any transaction that I am uncomfortable with. It's actually my responsibility as a licensed, you know, firearms dealer. And there are times where I've stopped the transaction. I'm like, something doesn't feel right. You need to talk to me right now. What is going on? And it was, you know, these people were just acting a little weird because I had my business out of my house. They were just a little, they were uncomfortable buying a gun out of someone's house. And I, I, I get it. I'm a licensed dealer. Here's my license. The ATF says this. And we're going to follow all the paperwork the way it's supposed to. And then they calm down and I can proceed. But if you have somebody in the industry that is saying there is a problem with this individual, okay, you kind of pay attention. If you have two, there's, you need to pay attention. Oh, you give someone absolutely. a special license. Well, and, and, um, and there was the, uh, you, know, you know, the Christchurch massacre, okay, the gunman in New Zealand, right? Yep. So he went, he went to go and zero his gun at a range. And the guy who was the range officer saw him and dealt with him and went, oh, this does not smell right. This is bad. So he went to a local police station and he said, look, this guy turned up at our range and I'm really worried about him. He looks like a nutter, like he's going to be a problem. And the, the desk officer said, oh, they're all nuts. And sent him away. <laughs> They could have stopped. And this did not even come up in the investigation. No, it, it, and I mean, it, it's sad. I mean, if you have if you have the gun owners saying, we don't want this guy being one of oh, us. Oh, no. We don't want him. There's a problem. Yeah, there's a problem. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't like saying that. I, I really don't like saying that someone cannot have this. But there are, there are some people that Look, there's a problem. You need, this needs to be dealt with. Industry needs to deal with it. 
um, yeah. you know, law enforcement needs to deal with it. It's it, it's a problem, um, and I think that's um, that's one of the problems. Is you, everybody's so worked up about other things, and if you have the people going, no, no, this this guy's a problem. Law enforcement yeah. needs to step up. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it's not, it's not my job to tell you know. Like I said before, it's not my job to tell someone whether or not they can have a gun. I run a background check. The background check tells me yes or no. Mm -hmm. However, if I, if I am uncomfortable with you, I have the right to not do business with you. Um, yeah. And that's huge. That is really huge. I mean, it could be something that, you know, I don't know, maybe I, you wear blue shoes and I don't like blue shoes. Uh, that's a little different. But if I go, I don't think you're safe. Um, that's a problem. I mean, you know, I've had many first-time gun owners come through, and you know, they're buying their gun. They bought it online, and I was the I was the dealer that received it, and I'm doing the paperwork, doing the background checks, and doing all the legal stuff. And I see them handle a gun. I'm like, you don't know what you're doing, do you? And they're like, oh, this is my first gun. Let me sit down and go through this gun with you. You know, I already have your background check done. It's sitting here. Um, you know, it's okay, but you're not leaving here until I'm comfortable that you're, you're at least... You're not going to be flagging people all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not going to flag people. You're not going to, you know, you're going to keep your finger off the trigger until until you're ready to fire. You know, go through all the basic gun things. And um, it's so funny because so many of those first-time gun owners became repeat customers for me because... I took the time. I want to make sure that you you are safe with that gun. At least to say, I can't take you to the range and and teach you. That's not my job, and that's not the service I offer. But I want to make sure that you are just not going to go out and then the first time you put a mag into your gun, rack the chamber. It's not you're not going to go. Oh, check this out. And, you know, squeeze the trigger and put a round through the through a wall. Um, and I think part of the, you know. Our industry needs to take responsibility for making sure that people are safe. You know, this is this is something. I, you know, this is. I don't want to say dangerous. It, it's not. It's not dangerous. I want to make sure that people have respect for the tool. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I started shooting when I was seven. Um, that's when I learned firearm safety, and and um, you know, I I grew up around guns. I remember uh, a buddy of mine, we were in college, he wanted to go shoot a gun. Uh, he wanted a Desert Eagle 50 caliber as his first gun. And I'm like, oh, oh hold on a second, hold on a second. Before you do anything, let me take you to the range and let me teach you how to shoot. So he's like, okay, I go, look, I, I'm buying all the ammo, I got the range time, let's go to the range and let's teach you how to shoot. So. The first thing I do is I pull out a twenty-two pistol. You know, I don't want to shoot twenty-two. I'm like, dude, you never shot before. What do you, what do you know? Just shoot it, right? So we're shooting. We're shooting twenty-twos, and I, I like starting people in twenty-twos because you don't have to worry about the no, recoil and, and, and stuff like that. It's, it's a nice training gun. So he's like, okay, this is cool. Then we pull out uh, a, a three fifty-seven. We're shooting thirty-eights through it. Big light. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like a revolver. I'm like you never shot one before. How do you know? And, and what I would do is, you know, I would shoot, then he would shoot, and, you know, we'd go back and forth. 
Well, on the 357, you know, we were shooting 38s. On, on my last cylinder, I threw 357s in. I shot a cylinder full of 357s. He's like, what was that? I go, that's 357. He goes, I don't like that. I go, dude, you want to go to a 50. You don't like, you don't like 357. compared to a 50. So, and I, and I did something. I was young. I, I, shouldn't, I probably shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyways. I loaded up the pistol, threw in 538s, and I threw in a 357. I put that, I put that cylinder in, so his last shot was at 357. That 357 went off. He's like, ooh, I don't like that. I'm like, ah, you're not going to like a 50 then. Um, and then we ended up at 9mm, and he's like, this is for me. I go, yeah, most people kind of settle into this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, don't go out and find out. You know, yeah. It's a cool-looking gun. Uh, you know, 50 caliber, that's great. And all that, you know, it's all things. Man, learn how to shoot first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I've, shot some, I've shot some big guns. Um, you know, I've shot some Nitro Express um, and uh, 4570s and that sort of thing. Um, uh, but uh, I've shot some cool ones too. Um, uh, I've shot a couple of um, uh, 577-450s, you know, um, a Martini Henry and also a, a Alexander Henry rifle. So oh, man, there's like rocking horse poop. Those things are so rare, um, yeah. and and Snyder's as well. Um, you know, just just awesome cartridges. But you know, they're even though they're big, the recoil on them is not is not big. Well, the Nitro Express fairly yeah. yeah. But but um, but the you know you you just don't. You choose what you like. I I was going to buy a three hundred wing mag um, for a hunting and tactical gun, and in the finish, I, I ended up buying three hundred eight. I you, you have to you have to pick what you're going to shoot well. Yeah. Otherwise, you develop a flinch. You know. And, yeah. you, and in your situation, where you can when it's concealed carry, the last thing you want is a gun that you can't handle properly. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, I learned that God, we were on, I was I even, I don't even think I was 20. I think we were about, about 20 back then. I wasn't even 21 yet. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot just taking people to the range. And then when I became an FFL and people talk about, oh, I want this, I want that. I go, yeah, that's great. But as much as you want a particular gun, the gun kind of has to pick you. You know, you can go out and buy this really cool, fancy gun, but if it doesn't fit your hand, you're not yeah. going to shoot it well. You're not going to like it. It's, you know, you're going to blame the gun for everything because it's really your fault as a shooter and you don't know any better. Um, and it's absolutely the case for pistols, especially. I mean, rifles. Um, there's fudge factor with rifles. There is. Yeah, yeah, um, and and also the the you know the layout of the stock. If you yep. buy something that's fire breathing, and it doesn't have a straight comb on it, if it has like a hog's back stock or something like that, yep. you know, be ready for pain. It it's yeah. and you're not going to want to shoot the thing like um, no. these these blokes that, that you know that buy three three eights, you know, with a you know with a with a barrel like a straw. Um, yeah. 
you know, the, you, you only want to fire that thing two or three times if you have to when you're on the top of the mountain. Yeah. You know? I remember I was, I was at a range and I was shooting with a, with a buddy of mine and um, he brought out his hunting rifle. It was a, it was a seven, uh, seven millimeter mag. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he, he's shooting at like, oh, I've never shot a seven. And he goes, yeah, you want to shoot it? I'm like, yeah. I shot that thing once, put the gun down. Okay. It's one shoot again. No, I'm good. Yeah, that, yeah. that hurt me. That gun hurt me. I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I've got a um, I've got a seven mil eight, um, ticker, right stainless, and um, and off the bench that thing bounces around. Um, it's not super light, but it's pretty light. I had the same rifle in nine point three to sixty two, and that thing hit me a number of times in the face. Like I tend to get a little bit excited when I'm um, when the red mist, you know, sort of descends. And uh, yeah, there's a few scars here. Um, and in the field, I, I um I sold it to this bloke up at the in the Northern Territory to shoot buffalo with, and you know it, it can it can live with him because it was about it was less than seven seven pounds ringing wet. And yeah, I mean, there's just and it wasn't hot loads. Like, honestly, it needed to probably needed to be in a, in a biggest, you know, like a stock with um, a longer, um, what do you call it, um, length of pull, um, yeah. and a bigger recoil pad, although it already had a linsaver on it. Um, Man. So, yeah, I, I shot a mate of mine's um, Moser in the same cal. That was, was an ML8 or M12. Um and that thing was just, it was just a different beast. Like, it was beautiful to shoot. Um, but this this ticker, and ticker make great rifles. Um, they do. They are, you know, people say they're plasticky and that sort of thing. Well, you pull them out of the box and you put a round in them and, and, they'll, and they group hard like they, you know. Um, but, but, yeah, I just, I had to sell this thing on. And uh, um, um, I, I didn't have a flinch. But you can't have a gun that you that you're afraid to shoot. Like, it just doesn't yeah. happen. You know, I've got I've got another really big gun that's never hit me, um, and it's more powerful. Um, and uh, and it's it's heavier, thank goodness. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but I mostly shoot, you know, reduced loads out of it, um, basically because we can't shoot full power loads at our range at the moment anyway. Um, but I've, I've had more fun shooting reduced loads out of that thing than I have, you know, than, than I ever did shooting full house loads out of things. It's the same reason people like shooting sort of, you know, black powder stuff because it doesn't have that, you know, it's not brutal. It's, you can actually enjoy yeah. it. Um, yeah, the recoil is more of a push than an impulse. Yeah, it, it is. And, um, and there's also, and there's the smoke. Um, I think, um, I think muzzle loaders particularly sound like like smashing timber. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, a friend of mine's got a musket, and um, and it's a uh, what do you call? Is it a reproduction? Is that what they call them? Not a replica. Yeah. yeah rep- anyway, and that thing is just awesome. Um, on our um, on our face on our club's Facebook site, um, my son took photos of him shooting it. And he managed to do it with like an HD video and then screenshot it. 
and there's some shots where you can actually see the projectile. Like, That's it, cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. A- anyway, um, but yeah, it's just there's just so much more fun to be had when you know when you're not worried about you know whether something's going to whack you. So, um, you know, yeah, and that's absolutely. the same with hunting. So, yeah. But um, well, we've been talking for almost two hours now. Um, yeah. So we'll uh, kind of start wrapping things up. But you know, I I originally met you on the full thirty four. Yeah, um, yeah. That's actually how the two of us started talking. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to you know, tell the audience a little bit about how they can kind of maybe like the Facebook page for your club and stuff like that, or you know, if, okay. if if maybe some Australians do happen to watch this, how do they get in touch with you if they have questions? Well, look, um, I'm I'm trying to think about the best way of getting getting in contact with me on um, on they Facebook. Always join the full thirty four. I'm going to ask you. Yeah, full yeah, full thirty forum is a good good place to ask me. Um, I'm actually on, um, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, I'd have to look. Hold on, I'll work out what my. I have. Well, um, if, I have a few pages on Facebook. Well, if you want, what you can do is you can send me the links and I'll put them into the um, the uh, the the uh, descriptions and all that sort of thing. But my political page. Um, because I, I, I stood um, for the state election for the Shooters, Fishers, Farmers in, in this particular electorate. And we did okay. We got um, 10% of the primary vote, and that was the first time our party had ever attempted um, an oh. election. So that was, here we go. Um, so if you go on to Facebook, um, this is a public page, and it's at Andy Wood for Goulburn. Um, and so, so that's uh, straight on. That that's um, just Andy Wood, like A N D Y W O O D four, the number, um, G O U L B U R N. Okay. Um, so if you want to type that in, you can have a look at the things that um, that I'm following at the moment, and um, the things that I'm pushing. With. Like our our party is, you know, specifically focused on on you know rural Australia. Um, and and that really does represent, you know, shooting and fishing is so much a part of that. So, um, you know, if you want to, if you're serious about defending rights of shooters in New South Wales particularly, but in, but in other states too, then, and, and this isn't something that I've really talked about, but it's a real struggle here in New South Wales to convince people that, the only party that's really going to stand up for them, that's really going to hold the firearms registry to account um, that's going to fight for funding for, you know, for rural communities is is ours. And um, there is no one else. Um, The current uh, Liberal National Coalition government hates us. They really loathe us. In a a by-election, a federal by-election, we gave our preferences to the Labor Party um, simply to stop them uh, getting the seat because it was already a, a Labor incumbent in that seat. And so we, we recommended people gave their preferences to Labor and Labor lost the by-election. Um, that was the first time that we'd managed to take to help take, like, help change the the outcome of a by-election and we changed the outcome of a federal by-election. 
So that really hurt. We really gave them a smack that day. And uh, and so what people, I think what the biggest thing that, there's a lot of shooters that will want to say, oh, I'm not, I'm not political, so, you know, I'm not interested in talking about it. Well, as soon as you've got a firearms licence, you've got a target on your back. That's the truth. Yeah. Um, and, um, and you may not be political, but everybody who doesn't like you is. And um, my, um, the, the fellow who's my offside up in the political party and who helps me out all the time, he's got this, uh, this thing about volunteers for elections. And you'll ask people and they'll say, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And then it comes, the day comes around, election day comes around. And um, he says, oh, oh, the cat's sick, so I can't come, you know. Or we're going on a family. We're going on a family picnic, so I can't come. You know, I say, well, when's your family picnic? And you can just come and do a few hours handing out leaflets, and and then you can go. You know, yeah. Oh no, we're going down the coast. And so my response to that is, well, that's that's fine, but just be aware that the Animal Justice Party and the Greens and all the other people that hate us, their cat isn't sick, or even if it is, yeah. they leave the cat home. They don't go down the coast for the day, right? They make sure that all of their votes get in so that <coughs> if they have any possible way of stopping you from having guns, they will do that. So just know that just because you're not political doesn't mean that everybody that hates you isn't. And in fact, yeah. rather the, the opposite. So you know, the, the, big, the big thing is convincing people that really you vote for anyone else, you're voting to have your guns taken away from you. Um, our political party has... Are they allies? Yeah, probably. We make deals, and yeah. on, on yeah. the old, um, you know, um, your enemy's enemy is your friend. Yeah. Um, but we make all of our alliances on a case by case basis. Um, the Labor Party are, are more and more left wing, and, and you have you know crazy fringe members and beliefs and that sort of thing. So they're not much help a lot of the time, but. Um, often we'll help them out so that the Liberal Party or the National Party lose seats um, and they'll help us out to stop the National Parties from taking seats. So we're not in favour of their policies, not by any sense. But if it means that our political rivals, which are the, the National Party, um, lose their seats and we win them, then, then yeah, we will. Um, and the, the biggest problem, I think, for a lot of voters is they see the Labor Party as left-wing, which they are, and, and they say, oh, oh, but how could you ever preference those, you know? How could you... And the thing... And the, the response is, if you preference the people that you are trying to beat in the election, you don't beat them. So even though the National Party are allegedly conservative and allegedly pro-rural, if we preference them above the Labor Party, then we lose, okay? Whereas if we preference the Labor Party and they preference us, then in a situation where we get more votes, then we can beat the, the National Party and we want them out because they're, you know, dishonest and, and they're doing terrible things to rural New South Wales. So it is always this big fight to try and convince people that, no, actually, you know, it's in our name. Shooters, fishers, farmers. People say, "Oh, you should change your name, and you'd get more voters." Yeah, no, no, really. Like, people know what we stand for, 
and anyone who wouldn't vote for us now because of our name won't vote for us if we change it. I'll just say, oh, you, yeah. you, you, the Shooters Party, we're not voting for you. You know, yeah. it, like when conservative parties try and change their policies to get, you know, um, radical leftist voters to vote for them. They're never going to vote them in, for them in the first place. So, yeah. you know, and the other huge problem we have, the biggest problem we have is other people in the firearms industry or firearms community who are like lobbyists or that sort of thing deciding that like they have some sort of personal grudge against us so on the web or in other places they'll support another party who are you know in principle pro firearms but could flip-flop at any time and sabotage us at the, at, you know, at the ballot box. That happened in Western Australia. They used to have a Shooters, Fishers, Farmers um, member in the upper house of Western Australia, and there's a mob who were based in Victoria who sabotaged them and who said absolutely, you know, um, unfounded stuff about them. This bloke uh, who's the, who's the um, leader of this particular group in Victoria, this lobby group, um, has a personal grudge against the Shooters, Fishers, Farmers Party. And um, and so um, at the ballot box, um, they didn't get enough votes. And so now there are no politicians that are pro-firearms in Western Australia. And Western Australia has the lower house and the upper house owned by the Labor Party there. So they have a majority in both houses, and they can shove whatever they like through. And Western Australia is the worst place to own firearms in Australia. They have um, appearance laws. Um, they There's a local police officer who decides whether or not you should be allowed to own a gun. Um, a mate of mine had, what did he have? He had a couple of shotguns. We had a shotgun, a rimfire, and a few centerfires. And he wanted to buy something bigger. I think he wanted to buy a 338 so that he could go and hunt camels or something like that. And um, and the local officer said, no, you've got enough guns, you're not going to get another one. All right, and, you know, you, you can buy guns to go target shooting, but you can't hunt with them. Like, yeah. Let's say I bought a, I don't know, a Marlin ninety-five Cowboy that I wanted to use for, for long-distance um, black powder or something like that, right? Now I've decided that I'd, I'd like to go and hunt buffalo with it up in the Northern Territory. Well, the government said, well, you're not taking that hunting. There's no way. You bought that under under um, target shooting, so you can't take it hunting. Right? There was some... Oh, yeah. There was a bloke with a huge range, a huge property out in, um, in you know, Bush, Western Australia, and he was shooting um, 50 cows out to, was it 2,000 yards or something like that, and he had a business going. It was a really successful thing. And the Western Australian police tried to shut him down for no good reason. There was no good reason why they were shutting him down. It was lawful. He had licences, all this sort of thing, and they took him to court shut him down and um the double s double the sporting shooters um fought with him and um and they won in court well um wa poll was so angry 
and they were flying drones near his property to see what he was doing all the time. And, I mean, God. honestly, it's, you, you just, just think to yourself, these aren't people who are busking into banks or murdering people or selling drugs. He's, he he yeah. was running a farm, farming property and he had the space to run a range that big. Like, it, yeah, it's it, there's nothing yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. That they just, but they other than they don't like what's going on. Yeah, that's it. That's it. They could be catching people who are drug running, right? Or yeah. they were doing all sorts of things. But no, let's waste our time on someone who's obeying the law. Yeah. So anyway. well, Andy, thanks thanks for joining me. Um, you know, I got, I'll put your contact info down in the uh, in the in the description. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get some people to kind of start checking things out. And I Absolutely. appreciate you uh, you joining me on uh, on a Friday out there. And uh, and uh, it's it's been great talking to you. I mean, it's two hours. We've been two hours, uh, almost nine minutes now, and it's it's been great hearing about what's going on in Australia. Oh, well, mate, I'm uh, very happy to talk to you. And you know, um, we have a lot of the same problems here as, as people do the world over and we're just I, I don't know it just it just does seem there's there's always a new piece of legislation that pops up that's you know they're, yeah. they're always you know this and there's no justification for it no one's you know it's saving no lives it's um it's just harassment and um and all the only people that it affects of course are uh, people like you and i who obey the law so yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, great Thanks. to talk. You have a, a nice Thursday night. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I definitely will. It's uh, what is it? It's now seven seventeen. So it's a. Uh, I'm going to be a little late to dinner, but that's okay. It's been good talking well, to you. Absolutely. Have a cold snack or two, and uh, enjoy the evening. Will do. Okay, mate. Well, that was. A long, long episode. I, I, I know that. I'm sorry. And um, I just wanted to make sure you guys heard this. It's not often we get to hear an opinion from other people, you know, outside of our country. And you can see that they have the same problems that we have here in the United States. But anyways, I hope you made it through all two hours of that podcast. It was a really, really fun one for me to do. Um, Andy was doing that on his phone, and we about killed the battery on his phone with that interview because it went so long. If you like the work that I do here, please help me continue to bring you additional content. You can do that really simple by shopping the affiliate links and banners on trb.fyi. Before you go online and shop, go to trb.fyi. You can click the partners up in the menu and you can see all the affiliates that we have. Click on the link for that affiliate and then go shopping. You won't spend any more than you were going to spend before. Just a small portion of the proceeds will come back to me to help me continue to bring you additional content. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. I can't wait to talk to you again soon.